Welcome to Music Matters Podcast with Daryl Craig Harris, talking about all things music with celebrities, artists, music business insiders, and more. Hi, everybody. We have our two friends from the band The Rumble. It's a newly Grammy-nominated band. They got nominated with their first debut album, which is amazing. That's an awesome feat. <laughs> Not an easy thing to do. They came out of another band, which I'll let them explain, that was also Grammy-nominated, which is awesome. We have Chief Joseph Boudreau Jr. and Aurelian Barnes. How you doing, gentlemen? Good. Hey. So you guys have quite a story. Aurelian, we were talking a little bit about that before we started. So tell me kind of how the band came about, recording on the first album, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Some of us kind of knew each other just from being on the music scene in New Orleans and mutual friends and that. But we were all a part of a band before called Chawa. That's how we met each other. And that's where we really started developing our chemistry, getting on the same page in terms of music and vision and what it is that we want to do out here in the world. Awesome. And that band was also Grammy nominated, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The album that came out in 2021 called My People was Grammy nominated and that included all of us in the band, exception of our drummer, Trent O'Neill, but he joined us on one of those tours. Yeah, that's amazing to have a band that come out of a Grammy nominated band and then your debut album with a new band is also Grammy nominated. I don't know even, I mean, and I might even, that might be a historic thing. I don't know. So Joseph, you have an interesting background. Well, you guys all do, but are you, are you is it part of an Indian tribe? Or I, I don't know. And I also know there's a Mardi Gras culture involved in that. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I'm a third generation chief of a Mardi Gras Indian tribe or Black Mexican Indian tribe. The goal was my dad is the first chief of that tribe to ever exist. He's been mad for 68 years now, living Mexican Indian in New Orleans. So my background is, like I said, third generation. My entire family actually helps carry the culture of New Orleans masking Indians in one way, shape, or form. My sisters, my nephews, my nieces, kids, your family. Yeah, I mean, the culture down there is so rich in, in, in many different ways, musically, obviously, and then the Mardi Gras tradition. I've been down there before several times. It's it's always fun. The food's amazing. <laughs> I was talking to Aurelia that there's just music coming out of every place walking down the street, right? Absolutely. A uh, place like New Orleans, you know, you have talent all over. So it's great when, you know, you're able to be noticed and appreciated amongst all the great talent that they have in the city. That means you're doing something right of getting noticed out of all this. Because it's hard, right? There's so much noise out there. There's, I mean, we have all the streaming stuff. I mean, you guys are on Spotify and all the all the same places that everybody else is. So it's it's hard to get noticed, and that's awesome that you do, and you get a Grammy nomination first out of the gate with your new album. What were some of your guys' influences when you were young musicians and singer? What were the bands you were listening to? Well, both of us grew up in musical families, so I was always around it. I didn't really have a choice. I really liked it. My dad's a musician. His name is Bruce Sunpire Barnes. He's been running a band in New Orleans for over 30 years or maybe longer than that. It was just a great experience, like being around the studio, being around the stage, knowing what it meant to get out there and entertain people. And so I was influenced by lots of musicians that I was around. And one of my big influences growing up was a band called War that a lot of people are familiar right. with. Yeah. And Harold Brown, the drummer, 
was a good friend of my dad's and was in my dad's band. And so those guys would be hanging around my house, you know, and that was just a great experience. And I'm sure Joseph can tell you similar stories about hanging out with whoever. On uh, historic balance street. And as of recently, you know, as a bill has just been passed to change the name of balance street to Neville way. Okay. Brothers actually, Grew up right up the street from our house. Um, my dad always gave these, and still to this day, he gives these big backyard barbecues. So, you know, you have Dr. John come over to our house, you know, just on a average day, just to kick back and talk. A lot of you guys, like I really said, will come to your house. So clearly you're influenced by these greats. But my dad himself, you know, my dad's a big music buff. So I grew up with my dad always playing his records. He played Bob Marley all the time, but we didn't even have real living room furniture in our house. We had instruments everywhere. We had congas here, drum sets. So That's like it, my house. <laughs> yeah. So music was like, you know, it's not even a, a thought. It's kind of like it's always been a part of our life. But some of the influences, like I said, you know, I grew up listening to Bob Marley. I like the way the stories are always being told through the music, you know, it's meaning more than just a song, you know, so take some of that thing into my writing, you know, I like to write about real life experiences and things that's actually happening. But my dad listened to music from the twenties on up to present day, all in one night. So (laughs) the musical back is crazy. And I mean, that's a cool thing about New Orleans too, because there's such, it has its own culture, but then it's also influenced by everything. Right. You have all you have the French culture. You have obviously jazz, the early twenties swing, all, all sorts of different things. It's it's really a fascinating mix. So tell me about how you guys write songs. Checked out the album last night. I loved everything, and I heard yeah, I heard the meters in there. I heard a little bit of Tower Power. I heard a little bit of you know. There's a lot of really cool all the stuff that I actually love. So tell me about how how you guys do your writing. What's the process for you? It's very collaborative. So, you know, it's like it'll be sometimes one person has an idea and they bring it to the rest of the band and we kind of work it out from there. But most of the time, the way it works is like we we like to break off into like little pod, be like like two or three people at a time getting together and starting an original concept. And then once that's established, it's like everyone kind of jumps in there and adds their own thing to the mix. So very few of our songs have just like one writer like maybe just like one or two of them are like that we get a lot of writing done when we hit the road yeah when all writing kind of happens i can recall the time this summer we were on the road i was walking past trent and andrew's room and i hear them just tinkering on the song and i I hear it so i kind of interrupt in the room like what y'all doing so we all get there and we get together and like next thing you know, we got a full song. I know I deal with this too. Like when you have a lot of great musicians in a band, it's hard to get everybody into one place. Like you yeah. said, on the road often is the best place to write. Our sound checks always bring forward some ideas that we never even thought of. It's just organically we start playing with each other. You know, we have a concept and a hook just from sound check, and then we go back into the lab and kind of mold that song into make it into something. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like we actually love sound check. Just whatever has happened to be on their mind, and then like three other pieces join in, and all of a sudden we got a groove. And right. you know, once you got a groove, as the great who said this? I think it was the late great Art Neville said this. He was like. You got a groove going. You better keep playing it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sometimes that's like a that's like a gift from heaven, right? You say you got a groove going, and you know it's a groove 
You better keep playing it. <laughs> better, better work work that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's Neville, you know, that's Papa Funk. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. He knows exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. And so what's um you guys have the album out. It's, it's I'm sure obviously it's doing well. Um, what's the next step in the process for you? You guys are gonna go back out on tour. What's what what are the future plans? Oh, yeah, we actually have plans on going back out on tour, but we also have plans on putting out a studio album that we are pretty much finished finishing up right now. Um, So that's actually the next plan is to put that studio album out. Are you going to record that down in New Orleans? So it's, it's recorded. Oh, it's already done, huh? Okay. Yeah, we recorded most of it at the legendary studio in the country in Bogalusa, Louisiana, where people such as Mays, Wonder, yeah, lots of awesome. lots of great musicians and artists have recorded there, so it's a really special place. Noyes recorded there as well. Talk about that, Joseph. Bob Magnolia's actually recorded their album at Studio in the Country, and how many? This was a seventy-three, so yeah, seventy-two or seventy-three, yeah. So somewhere like that. So we're approaching, you know, a historical studio. So when we go back in there, we was like. You felt it, you know. As soon as you walk in that studio, you feel all the history in it. If you're not familiar with the record he's talking about, it's the Honda Wanda record. It came out by the Wild Magnolias, and it's kind of the first examples of Mardi Gras Indian funk, which is ah, okay. Yeah. So, where did that style originate from? And when you say Indian, is that Native American Indian? I don't. When we say Indian, because we actually is the phrase is pronounced Indian okay. in New Orleans. But right. most people wouldn't really understand it, so it's it's Indian. But that phrase is basically coming from the masking culture. The masking culture was derived from black men actually paying homage to natives, native mm-hmm. Indians who actually helped our ancestors during carnival time in New Orleans. You you know you can be whatever you want to be. These men decided that they wanted to pay homage to the natives, and that birthed its own culture within itself, which is the masking culture. So every year, these these men will come through their neighborhoods in order to give their neighborhoods carnival celebration because the Black neighborhoods in New Orleans at this particular time weren't allowed to celebrate the carnival with the masses, with the floats and everything like that. So we've sure. created our own carnival within the back streets of our neighborhoods for our own people. And that whole subculture has been going on for over 150 years now and every year we come out and we celebrate from that culture two chiefs came together my dad big chief mo boudreau and the great big chief bodala senior they were two different tribes and they came together to create the wild magnolias what we know as the wild magnolias band in the 70s they took the music that we create on the street of these carnival parades, it always derived from music. Everything comes from music. So they took that music and they intertwined that music with funk. They got with a band called Willie T and the Gators. They intertwined both of these musics together and it created something. It went all over the world touring and it brought people who probably wasn't familiar with New Orleans culture into the fold and start to understand what's going on down here because at one point it was real secretive so they didn't know about it so they introduced they are solely in my eyes responsible for introducing our culture to a global audience 
that's so great to know that. And that's something I did not know. So that's that's really great that you explained it and you explained it very eloquently. And I, yeah, I know your father is definitely a huge influence to many uh, reading on his background. And, and that's a that's such a great history to have with your family. What's, what's your guys' like for new artists? I mean, I know you probably get asked this a lot but with your success and what you guys have experienced. What's your advice, Aurelia and Joseph, for new artists that want to get out there in the scene, that want to make something happen? What would be some of the really big points that you guys have learned? Man, I think first and foremost, you got to really have a product that you believe in that basically takes care of itself. If you don't want to be, it has to be feeling no matter what, we can be in any situation, we can get on this stage and we can make this show happen. You know what I'm saying? And we'll be able to deliver our message. Once that's taken care of, then you really don't have to worry about that aspect as much. What you need to worry about is making sure that you have your business together and that you are communicating well within amongst like your people. For us with having seven full-time members of the band who all have equal ownership of the band, it requires a whole lot of communication, a lot of talking, a lot of adjusting for people's schedules and things like that. So it's just like being on the ball in terms of handling your business and making sure all the T's are crossed and I's are dotted. To me, to say it's just like, like make sure you got it's a business at the end of the day. Agree with everything Aurelian said. The only thing I would add to it is outside of handling your business, you have to be willing and understanding that when you start off, you're gonna have to make some sacrifices. Sacrifices that we made to make just opportunities happen. Like you have to always be looking for opportunities, but you also have to be ready when the opportunity arrives. So um, sacrifice and always just be prepared for when that opportunity arrives. Yeah, yeah. People always say, oh, you got lucky. It's like, yeah, it's not luck. Part of it is, but it's also being prepared. <laughs> right? I wouldn't. I never would say that we, we, we were lucky. I would say that we were definitely blessed. And so many people in our band, so that's like seven ways that it could go wrong, right? But we somehow made it seven ways working together. It's like a Swiss clock. You know, we have so many different parts, but they're all actually working together. And that's what actually makes it beautiful. So, in fact, I guess that we all actually have a good relationship with everybody in the band. It's not like we're just business partners, you know. We all actually have a genuine love for each other. It's, it just works together. So we got lucky enough to be mixed with a group of people that we actually love to work with. Yeah, it takes a village too, right? It's too much for one or two guys to when you seven guys, everybody's got to be contributing. And certainly, yeah. yeah. Everybody in the band actually has like two or three jobs just in the band. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome because you know what? That makes them invested and that's the best place to be. Everybody has a everybody has a thing with each other that we all got to do this together, and make it happen. How can people find you, find your music, all that stuff? Music is on all streaming platforms on whatever you got, Spotify, Apple Music. I don't know if it's on title. It's definitely on YouTube. It's definitely out there. So look out for the Rumble featuring Chief Joseph Boudreaux. And our once again, our debut album is called Live at the Maple Leaf. Other than that, our website is therumbleband.com. So visit our website for more info, upcoming shows, things of that nature. And then Instagram, therumble.official is our Instagram handle. And then look out for us on Facebook and TikTok and wherever else you might, I don't know. <laughs> there's so, there's we so many. We try to get all the way out there. <laughs> hey, you gotta, you gotta do it, right? We also have just now, really, and we have some limited edition 
Grammy edition albums that's going to be on pre-sale. So vinyl, people want to get that, check out our website. We'll actually have some more information on where you can get those. Yeah. People are rocking the vinyl these days. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, at first, you know, we hesitated because it was such a long record and and, and it's a live record. It was our first record. It takes an investment. But now that, you know, things are rolling, we like, we need to put this thing on vinyl. It's just nice to have that, right? That album. It's like, oh, yeah. it's that, well, I got my way back in the day when I got my Kiss album. I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward <laughs> to holding it, you know. Exactly. Of course. <laughs> Awesome. Hey, guys, thanks you so much for joining me. Your album is is great. I really dug it. I encourage everybody to listen to the debut album and, and also catch the new one when that's out. Aurelian and Joseph, thank you so much for joining me and taking your time. Uh, and thanks for the history lesson, which was awesome as well. Have a great day and have some gumbo for me because I love the food in New Orleans. <laughs> Keep it warm for you. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. Ciao. Thanks for joining us and please consider subscribing to our podcast and follow us on our social media pages for guest announcements.